Welcome to the Voices of Freedom podcast by Freedom a la Carte. We're your co-hosts, Devin and Mandy. Each week, you'll hear mind-blowing interviews from survivors and professionals, as well as actionable tips that you can implement in your life to become a better advocate for human trafficking survivors. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now let's jump into the next episode of Voices of Freedom. Hi, everyone. Today, our guests are Amy and Rachel. Um, Amy is a social worker, and Rachel is actually a police officer. However, more importantly, they both work for the REACT team, and they are amazing people. Amy, would you like to share a little bit about yourself outside of your professional role? Outside my professional role? Um, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> I feel like I'm always in my professional role. Um, but no, I am... Um, I actually went to um, Watkins Memorial High School. If anybody knows where that is, it's in Pataskala, so it's a small town. Okay. Well, it's not too small anymore. It's kind of getting big, but um, grew up there. Um, I actually now live in Johnstown, which is another small town. And um, I went I went to college at um, High Dominican. That's where I got my uh, degree. Um, it's really cool because they have um, they actually have a human trafficking class now that Aaron Dennison teaches and I get to go speak at it and talk about human trafficking and things like that. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. I wish I had that when I was there. Yeah. Um, but that was in the late 90s. <laughs> <laughs> when it actually was a college. So now it's a university. But yeah. So yeah, I got, and then I got my LSW right after um, I got my, my uh, bachelor's. So and then kind of just started working in the field and kind of working my way over to um, react right now. Um, I don't know what else to tell them about yeah, my personal life. Yeah, I, I was do. gonna say we're dog lovers, and so is she. So, I, yes, yes, I have um, three cats, and I have a dog, Vinny, that always wow. is on Facebook. Yes. He has his own Instagram, too. So. Oh, my dogs have their own Instagram, too. We'll have to swap after. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he he's funny. He keep, he keeps he keeps me laughing. Laughing, and he also he kind of keeps me grounded, you know. Yeah. He's yeah. he's the best. And then we also, my um, my girlfriend, actually, we share parenting with um, her dog, with her ex. So we sometimes we have a full house, a full zoo. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool that they, they share. That yeah. You, yeah. I was gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the kids are pets are like kids, right? Too, so. And the the kids were like old enough to decide and you know where they wanted to to, to live. And we have them. We have both the kids on and off. Um, well, the Meg lives up with us full time, but then we have Willem. He's like he comes um, and goes because he's in college. But mm-hmm. cool. But the dog comes like every week, every other week. <laughs> we have him, like, every other week. We have her now. So cool. That's cool. How about you, Rachel? Uh, so I. Went to OSU, kind of similar uh, psychology background, uh, graduated from there, and ended up in the field of social work myself, and worked for the Buckeye Ranch for several years. Okay. Uh, case management, uh, did manage care through uh, FCCS cases, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of where my passion for helping people started. Realized that I needed to make a move and ended up applying to CPD. So uh, I in 2013, I got on with CPD. Uh, about a year later, had my first child. I have a now a seven-year-old and a 
um, five-year-old little boys. They are a handful and a half, uh, but luckily, uh, if there was anything good to come out of COVID, my husband got to start working from home, so it's oh. been really nice to, yeah. to have Ooh, fewer yeah. childcare issues, and uh, so um, it's just been kind of a, a wild ride to now, and uh, we're, we're doing really well, and it's been really, really enjoyable, so um, dog one. Uh, we have Cooper and uh, also uh, an indoor outdoor cat named Hephaestus. So, Hephaestus? Yes. It is uh, like, I think it's the Greek uh, god of blacksmithing. <laughs> we, we have to get really weird with her pet names. My, my previous uh, wonderful cats uh, that have since passed have been uh, Captain Kitty Litter and uh, McCavity, <laughs> uh, which is from a T.S. Eliot poem. poem so we, we like to be keep it creative. The dog's yeah. name's a little boring in comparison. But, yeah. So awesome. That that's that's my a glimpse of my personal life at least. So can you guys um, tell us how you started working with React and then also share like what React is? Want me to go first? Okay. So um, I actually it, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a difficult thing to understand. So I don't work for the fire department. I work for Central Ohio Area Aging on Aging, which is they work with older adults. And um, React is made up of the Columbus uh, Police, Columbus Fire, and then they have partnerships. Um, and COAAA happens to be one of the partnerships. And so React came, came to light in like 2017. Um, when it started kind of getting bigger, we expanded and the opportunity came my way um, to be the case manager and I applied for that and got it. And so I moved over to the fire station. We're all um, located down at the academy. And, um, but technically I still work for CO AAA. Okay, Rachel, do you, can you tell us how you got started with React? So in 2017, when we got started, the police side was not full-time positions. They had a whole bunch of different uh, really involved awesome officers and I was just one of probably 30 or 40 people that jumped in and wanted to go out in addition to their regular duties and knock on doors and try to engage people in treatment services. So that was where I got my start. At that, at that point I was part of a pilot program for the mobile crisis response unit and so during that year we were um, testing out a lot of uh, what that program would look like. So it wasn't until a couple of years later, really two years ago, almost now, that I joined the team full-time. So okay. um, there were there were full-time positions probably after the first year, um, but I didn't join until at least about a year after that. So, you know, um, one thing we're, we're really interested in um, on this podcast is ending stigmas around all of the things that we're all involved in. And I'm wondering, um, as a police officer, you know, what does your role look like with React? Because you're not arresting people, you're not criminally like charging people with things. So what does that, what does that look like being a police officer and being a part of React and helping people? In regard to the stigma, we, we take very seriously being uh, leaders on the division of using correct terminology and um, being more trauma competent and, and pushing forward some of these ideas that we know work in treatment, but can also work out, you know, just in our normal conversations with citizens that are dealing with 
substance use disorder. So it's been um, <clears throat> really important to us to, to be models of what we want to see uh, the division at large do. Um, and you know, terminologies, terminologies are constantly changing. Even yes. you know, like the DSM five uh, has has changed up some of you know what diagnoses are called. So that's that's something that we um, we care about how how we speak and how how we operate. Um, being non-enforcement uh, is is good from the perspective of we're not having to do both. We're not having to go out and investigate crimes and make arrests. Our, our focus can be solely what can we do to help this person's underlying issue. Yes, they may be doing committing some, crimes, you know, committing crimes, low-level crimes, kind of go hand in hand with with drug use at times. So to, to be able to understand that and know that the, the better thing for them most often is going to be to get into treatment and to recovery, um, and that will keep future crimes from occurring. It's, it's, tougher, um, it's tougher to see that big picture, but I think it's, we're proving that it, that it works. So right. we're, we're definitely getting there. Yeah, cool. So how did React begin? Like, how did it start? What, where did the idea come from? And so the idea came from it was um, I mean it was Matt or Matt Parrish uh, Captain Matt Parrish is the one who kind of uh, came up with it and it was um, just seeing out on the streets that there was you know starting to be a lot of overdoses and it felt like this this isn't it there has to be more we have to do more for mm -hmm. the for the people for these people and it started with just a you know Matt. Matt going out or um, a few firemen going out with um, a social worker and um, just going and um, following up on all the non-fatal overdoses. And that's still what we do. That's still like our the biggest thing that we do is we get all the non-fatal overdoses and we go out and try to engage them and get them into treatment. And um, that's where it started. It started 2017. There's two people and it just kind of blew up from there because obviously it was such needed. Yeah. So speaking of overdoses, can you guys share? <clears throat> can you guys share uh, what is Narcan? How does it work? What drugs does it work on? Um, just Narcan everything. Can you tell us about it? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Narcan. Yeah. Uh, so Narcan is used to reverse an opioid overdose. So an opioid could be something that you're prescribed, uh, like an oxycotton that kind of things that's prescribed for pain. And if taken, uh, we see it sometimes with elderly adults or people who think they've taken their medication and haven't and can actually overdose on what's prescribed to them just taking it accidentally and appropriately. Wow, I didn't even think about that. So, it, and, and that's often part of our conversation with folks that maybe have that, that stigmatized view of what what we're do, trying to do is you know this could happen in your own home or if you have an older adult in your life having narcan in your first aid kit in your home in your car is a good idea because you don't know ahead of time what the scenario you might need it for will be it could be that situation it could be you know the kids got into grim grandma's meds while she was watching them mm -hmm. it could be a million different things so having it is great because what it does is it, it's not a treatment drug. All of all it does is reverse the life-threatening emergency created by an overdose of an opioid. Um, <clears throat> right now, fentanyl is really the the drug we're seeing on the street the most, and it's being mixed into virtually everything. We're going out on overdoses where people 
thought that they were just smoking pot. They've gotten weed off the street and it had been mixed with fentanyl. So those people that are just casual pot smokers are having an opioid overdose and they have no tolerance compared to somebody who might be using intentionally. Mm -hmm. So they're at even greater risk and then they don't have Narcan in their house or to, to deal with the overdose. And some of the signs and symptoms that folks have to look out for are that, um, the, the respiration slows, so so breathing slows, but it can also sound like a like a snoring uh, respiration. So people see somebody, kind of, oh, they're taking a nap, and mm-hmm. so they don't recognize it as the potentially life threatening situation that's occurring. So it, it becomes really critical to for for folks that are using, for folks that aren't, um, everyone in between. It's really because it doesn't pose any threat if you use it. At, you know, you misidentify and say somebody's dealing with a um, <clears throat> diabetic emergency. It could look similar. It's not going to hurt that person. It's not going to help oh, them. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. So the the great thing about it is that it, it really doesn't pose a risk if you use it wrong. And we always say if, you, if you're using it, call 911. So the medics are on their way, and they'll be there in five to seven minutes. So mm-hmm. you, you're you really doing everything you can for that person. How can community members get access to Narcan and Narcan training? There's lots of different ways. Um, <clears throat> Columbus and Central Ohio has a, a lot of different uh, folks that are able to give Narcan for free. Um, we are a Project Dawn site, and we are able to distribute it for free through Project Dawn. So our team is able to, to go out within the central Ohio area, it, the same as we knock on a door and try to engage somebody in services, we can just deliver Narcan to people. Oh. And we do do that. Um, it's a little bit easier if people know they've got a group that would like to be trained and we can set up training as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Columbus Public Health will uh, distribute Narcan as well and so will Franklin County Public Health. And there's also really QR codes that you can um, just scan and have them mailed to your house because some people really don't want the interaction. They don't they don't want to have this conversation, but they do want to have it on hand. So it's a totally don't have to talk to anyone kind of way to scan the QR code, fill out the boxes and have it sent to your house. That's nifty. Yeah, they've actually made it quite easy. I mean, you can ma- you can like asked for it to be mailed. Um, I think it's the, I think the Franklin County Health Department does that. And that's, that's cool. That's awesome. Can you guys share a success story with us about a person who received Narcan or help from the REACT? No names or specific details, obviously. Sure. I'm a, I was just thinking about this, and we have a really good story. The person is three and a half years in active recovery right now. Um, it started with uh, this person's um, this person the person's significant other calling the line and saying, "I need an Arcan." What's the line? That, so it's a well, it's our um, our phone number. So React has like a hotline, or so it's uh, it's not a hotline. We don't have it twenty four seven, unfortunately. But it's um, I can give you the number if you guys want it for your your listeners. It's six one four three three zero thirty four thirteen, and it's usually man from monday through friday like like 7 to 4 30 maybe so anybody could call this number during those hours if themselves or somebody they know is having an addiction crisis yes absolutely what about mental health crisis because more focused on the addiction piece of it 
Okay. If they do call for a mental health, we will try to like link them with services. We're not going to like not call them back or deny right. the call. But yeah, I mean, it's it's mostly for addiction. Well, thank you for sharing that. Back to your story. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, so they called and, and said I want Narcan. So, um, you know, my significant other is is, um, you know, he's he's using quite quite often and I'm really worried um, and she's whispering about it. And so we're like, OK, we'll be out now and took her some out, um, gave her our card, and just said, if you need us, just let us know. Well, she called back a couple times um, saying he was, you know, he was still using, I'm really worried. Um, so, okay, we'll go out and we'll talk to him. So we went out, we talked to him, and, um, you know, he thanked us for coming, but was like, I'm fine. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So about a month later, he calls that, our, he has the card, it was sitting on the table, he calls it, he says, I'm ready. Aww. We came and got him, had him into detox. He did detox, he did residential, um, he did sober living. And um, again, where we're, we're sitting, he's three and a half, he's three and a half years in active recovery. He's got a job, he's got custody back of his son. Um, and you know, it's, the reason why I, sh I shared that story is because it took basically everybody on the team, like you know, had had something to do with, you know, getting him in there. And then after he is into, you know, came into um, detox is when um, I kind of get on board and I follow them through treatment. So I was able to follow, the, follow him the whole time. So that is a good story. So one thing um, that you do at React that I really love because we also do here at Freedom is sort of like this continuum of care and connection with the community community that you serve. So like for us, we have our butterfly program and then we have outings and gatherings. But for React, you guys have a React alumni, right? Correct. Yeah. And so what is that? Like, Do you want to share what that is or what you guys do? Actually, the person I was just talking about is the one who created that. Um, oh. So they were so grateful to react, wanted to give back, um, and it kind of evolved from there to um, let's let's develop something, um, you know, a safe place to come. Um, you don't have to be in active recovery very long. It doesn't matter. Um, and, and it doesn't matter if you come through React, just come. We have every month we just do something fun. Um, and then in, in between there, we also try to try to give back if possible. Um, we have done Valentine's, um, given like like little uh, cookies, and we did phase zero um, lighthouse. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's, that's a hard, you know, you first come in. Mm -hmm. And we all write wrote little encouraging notes and, and gave them cookies for Valentine's Day. Aww. So the React alumni will do that. Um, but, it, it, you know, it, it also is just that, that, that community support of each other. Right, yeah. And it's, the community is, like, one of the key components to staying sober mm -hmm. and staying away from a dangerous lifestyle that comes with using and other things. So I love that you guys do that. Can you tell us why um, a compassionate approach to a person actively using drugs is more effective than a typical law enforcement approach? We have found that uh, by approaching in, you know, what we're what we're wearing it, it, today, we look, uh, t you know, t-shirts and, and slacks. Uh, it's less threatening. Sometimes the first things out of our mouth when we knock on a door is 
nobody's in trouble. Um, we're following up on an EMS incident because oftentimes we don't know what's, you know, who are even speaking to when we knock on the door because mm-hmm. we're just coming out. And it's, you know, days after the overdose incident. So they, they don't know why we're there. So by leading with nobody's in trouble and um, by not presenting as, you know, officially in, in uniform or, you know, that, that kind of thing, it puts people a little bit more at ease. Uh, that, you know, maybe these folks are here to help us. Um, certainly, uh, a lot of people have that trust with the, the fire department already. So um, people uh, will at least give us the time to listen to what, what we do. Um, sometimes we're met with that um, denial, that didn't, and that's not what happened kind of thing. Um, sometimes we're met with, I'm not ready yet. Um, and which shows really good insight. It's, we're continuing the conversation if Mm -hmm. the, if the person is just literally, I'm not ready yet, or I have these barriers. Oftentimes Amy and other folks on our team, we're able to work through some of those barriers if they're willing to tell us about them at that point. Um, but, uh, Captain Parrish has this saying and I, I'm going to steal it. It's, uh, uh, we can't arrest our way out of this problem. Mm-hmm. So when it when it comes to to substance use disorder with folks that are dealing with this, uh, it's very unlikely continuously going to jail is going to fix the problem. The underlying problem is something that we understand needs treatment. It, it may you know it may involve MAT, it may involve inpatient, but um, simply going to jail on these low level crimes isn't something that's going to help the person back onto a path of no longer using and, and of recovery. So um, we know that this approach is effective for the, those folks that, that do engage and do, do take these steps. So speaking of your role and, um, you know, your, your relationships you're building in the community and the people you're serving, um, what's it like uh, having the privilege of spending time at Sanctuary Night? It is absolutely incredible to to be welcomed into that space. Um, my other officer counterpart, uh, Carrie May, uh, she and I are the the two female officers on the team. So this is that's kind of our our project, our thing that we've we've worked on for I'd say close to two years, year and a half at least. Uh, when we first sat down with with Hannah and said, you know, would would we be welcome in this space? What would it look like? How can we help support each other's missions? And um, so Carrie May and I will will leave almost every time and just be like, I, I can't believe that they trust us and want us in here. And it's just such a great feeling because now we're starting to get uh, ladies that are talking to us and saying, you know, they've, they've been very receptive to taking Narcan from the beginning or fentanyl test strips uh, or, you know, what, whatever we were able to bring and provide. But now they're starting to engage in conversations about what kind of treatment they'd be considering and what, you know, what do we know about this place or that? Wow. And so we, we're actually making transports linkages out of there. Um, and the, the staff over there has been so cool. And if they've got, if they've got anything we can help them with and vice versa, uh, we're quick to call each other. So it's, it's really kind of amazing and nothing I ever thought could exist. Um, just because, you know, the, the, the lines between, Everybody being drawn, police versus you right. know, uh, folks that are in the life. It 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 doesn't need to be that way. There's there's definitely room to to benefit each other, and it just took a lot of careful approach and planning. Right. 
So you guys are like building a rapport with the women at Sanctuary Night and like eventually getting some of them into treatment. Yeah. Yep. It's incredible. And it, it, it's, it's something that uh, is definitely just the proudest parts of what, what we're doing is because we know that um, it, it's very difficult to, to leave the life and to, to choose treatment. Mm. So for somebody to be able to do that, they need some trust. They need a ton of support. And um, Sanctuary Night's a ton of support. So it's a great place to get that and then get on to recovery and a, a better life. I love that so, so much. A little background of why this is so amazing. If you haven't listened to our Sanctuary Night podcast yet with Hannah, um, Sanctuary Night is a drop-in center where women go that are still in the lifestyle. So them being able to connect with the React team like right there um, just is remarkable. Yes. So it's been really great having you both um, on our podcast today, uh, really informal. Um, one last question. We want to know if there's anything, one thing you'd like to share with our audience um, that you feel people should know about ending the stigma, human trafficking, addiction, relapse, mental health, um, one takeaway that you'd like to share. I'm actually going to steal what you said on the newscast um, that you have to wonder like what happened to these people, not what's wrong with these people. When you, when you said that you're the goat, I mean, as I said, (laughs) and that if everybody would approach like mental health that way or addiction that way, if everyone would have that same thought, I think the whole world would be a better place. It really would. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, because like like you've said several times, there is always an underlying issue, whether it be trauma, whether it be a loss of a loved one, whether it, I mean, there's always something going on that leads a person to the choices that they're making, good or bad. So, uh, yeah. Mandy was on the news. Um, she was on the news with a React person. So we will link that in the show notes so you guys can watch that. It is educational and we can brag on Mandy because she's awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, it was so exciting to learn more about, like, what you guys do in depth. Um, and I know that our listeners will like listening about what you guys do as well. So, thank you.